1: From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar.
2: Pat McCracken, Johnny, Universal Adjustment Bureau. Hi,
3: Pat. What's on your mind?
2: $75,000.
3: Yours is somebody else's.
2: Johnny, have you heard of the Subala diamond?
3: Subala? Yeah, matter of fact, I have. It's a pink diamond, isn't it?
2: That's right. One of the companies we represent wrote a $75,000 policy on it. The owner of the stone, a jeweler named Joseph Wentworth, was trying to sell it. So? So last night, the Sabala Diamond was stolen.
3: I'll be right over.
1: Bob Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. (laughs)
3: Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Universal Adjustment Bureau, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the Rolling Stone matter. Expense account item one dollar $1.20 cab fare from my apartment at the Office of Universal Adjustment Bureau. Pat McCracken gave me what additional dope he had, which wasn't much, and I headed for New York. That's item two, $26.40, and the apartment of Joseph Wentworth.
1: I was just released from the hospital an hour ago.
3: They kept me overnight for observation. Nothing serious, I hope, Mr. Wentworth? No, I was hit on the back
2: of the head. At first, they suspected a skull fracture, but it was only a slight concussion. Well, you're lucky. Practically, my total asset's stolen, and you call it lucky. You mean the Sabala diamond?
3: I borrowed heavily to purchase that stone, Mr. Dollar. I'm afraid I'm just about ruined. Well, if I'm not mistaken, it was insured for $75,000. You don't understand. The insurance
2: money will barely cover the loans. The diamond wasn't insured for its full value. Oh, I see. And what's worse, I had a customer for it. I was almost ready to close the deal. Could have gotten at least 100000
3: maybe more. Uh, try to tell me exactly what happened, Mr. Wentworth. Last evening, Eloise stopped by the shop at 6. We were going to have dinner uh, together. Eloise? Eloise Barnes, my fiancée. I started to close up, and I remembered I'd forgotten to put some things in the safe. She went down the street a ways to hail a taxi, and I went back inside. And left the front door unlocked? I must have. I was in a hurry. I opened the safe, then I heard a sound behind me. I started to turn, but too late. That's the last I remember. The police figure out what you were hit with? Yes, a heavy brass candlestick in my shop. Then when Eloise brought me to, the Cibala diamond was gone. In just a minute. You say Eloise brought you to? Yes. You see, when I didn't come right back outside, she started wondering what had happened. She came in and found me lying on the floor. Uh-huh. Uh, how long have you known Eloise, Mr. Wentworth? About a year. Why? Mind giving me her address? I think I'd like to talk to her. Expense account item three, a dollar, 80 cab fare to Eloise Barnes' apartment. Eloise looked, if anything, more expensive than the Savala diamond. And I had the feeling that underneath that lovely surface, she was almost as hard... Her gray eyes never left my face as we talked, and I got the impression she had neatly weighed me, cataloged me, and put a price tag on me.
4: Afraid I can't help you much, Johnny. Joe Wentworth apparently told you all there is to tell about it.
3: You were out looking for a taxi at the time Wentworth got slugged.
4: That's right. I feel sorry for Joe. That was a lot of diamond to lose.
3: Ah, Must be quite a stone.
4: If you go for those things. I don't know. I guess some people really have a thing about diamonds.
3: Without you, huh?
4: All right. It just happens there are a couple of things I prefer. Like what? Like money and mink.
3: Huh? But now, according to your fiance, you just were. Just a
4: minute. According to my what?
3: Your fiance. What was?
4: Well, Johnny, that may be his idea, but it's not mine.
3: Well, you're not engaged.
4: Joe's been very nice to me, and I like him. But we're just friends, so far as I'm concerned.
3: Oh. Yeah.
4: I'm afraid I'm not the engaged type, Johnny. I've tried it once or twice, but it didn't work. Seems to interfere with my hobby. Your hobby? Yes. Having fun. What's your hobby, Johnny?
3: Well, at the moment, trying to find the Sabala diamond. Then what? Well, I... I have been known to, uh, have fun now and then. Johnny. hmm
4: I hope you find the diamond
3: real soon. The invitation was printed in large type. But this was no time for an RSVP. Especially since I remembered Wentworth mentioning a customer who had been anxious to buy the diamond just before it was stolen. I called Wentworth and got the man's name, Gerald Mantell, who had an apartment just off Fifth Avenue in the East 70s.
2: Ah, yes, Mr. Dollar, the Sabala diamond. An exquisite stone. The pink radiance of it when it caught the light. Positively hypnotic. Such a pity it was stolen.
3: Mr. Wentworth tells me he was negotiating with you for the sale of that diamond.
2: That is correct. Unfortunately, we had reached a stalemate yesterday. You see, he wanted more than the diamond is worth. Well, maybe that's a matter of opinion. Mr. Dollar, I am a collector and a connoisseur. I know what such things are worth. Ah, yes. I only hope it will be recovered before Friday. It would make things so much more enjoyable for me. What happens Friday? I am leaving for Europe. Oh? A business trip? Not really. As a matter of fact, more of an impulse than anything else. Uh Uh-huh. Anything wrong with that?
3: Well, Mr. Mantell, that's a good question. (laughs)
1: Two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment.
0: Our flag now numbers 50 stars. And behind each star, there stands yet another flag representing one of the 50 states. Alabama's state flag is of St. Andrew, the symbol of the Confederacy and the national flag of Scotland. Alabama's state capital, Montgomery, served as the first capital of the Confederacy. And it was on the steps of its Capitol building that Jefferson Davis took the oath of office as president of the Confederated States of America. The Scottish Cross is in the form of an X, or saltire, and is also found on the state flags of Georgia and Mississippi. Perhaps it is the independent rugged spirit of the Scots that recommended its national symbol to the Confederacy as a symbol of its rebellion. Alabama's state flag the flag of the 22nd state to enter the Union was adopted on February 16th, 1895.
1: And now, Act Two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Rolling Stone Matter. I went back to my hotel,
3: stretched out on the bed, and went over the whole thing in my mind. Eloise, who liked the things that money could buy... Who supposedly had been looking for a taxi while Wentworth was slugged and the diamond lifted? Then there was Gerald Mantell, the collector, who was now suddenly leaving for Europe. Yeah, could be either of them. Johnny Dollar. You're looking
0: for the Sabala diamond, Mr. Dollar. Who's that? Well, that doesn't matter.
2: I know where the
0: diamond is. Oh, where? Not so fast, Dollar. I'm sure the insurance company you represent would pay quite a bit to get that stone pick. The question is,
3: how much? Oh, there's a bigger question than that, friend. Whether you're on the level or not. Suppose I can show you the case the Diamond was kept, in. Uh, would you be convinced then? Maybe. Antonio's Bar on East 53rd? Yeah. Maybe there in an hour. Now, wait a minute. how I know you?
5: I'll know you.
3: Hey, wait a minute. Hmm... Item four, two dollars even drinks at Antonio's while I waited for my telephone buddy to contact me. A half hour went by. Nothing happened. Then somebody came in and went to a corner booth. Not the person I'd been expecting, but uh, just as interesting. So I went over. Hello, Eloise. Johnny!
4: Sit down. Oh,
3: thanks. (laughs) Expecting someone?
4: All sorts of people. But this is a pleasant surprise. What brings you around here?
3: Business, I thought.
4: You know, Johnny, you've got a one-track mind. Always business. With that attitude, you miss a lot.
2: I don't doubt it. Oh, here you are, Eloise. I Oh, why, it's Mr. Dollar. Well, Mr. Mantell.
4: Down, Gerald.
2: I, uh, I didn't know you two knew each other. Oh, yes, we've been friends for years. As a matter of fact, it was Eloise who told me about the Sabala diamond. Oh, you didn't tell me that, Eloise.
4: You didn't ask me, Johnny. Oh, Gerald, the head waiter seems to be signaling to you.
2: That's so I see. I'll be right back.
3: Well, uh, look, Eloise, I, uh, I think I'd better be getting along.
4: Don't leave, Johnny.
3: Well, you've got a date with Mantell. He
4: just wanted to have a drink with me before he left for Europe. I told him I was meeting Joe Wentworth here, so he said he'd stop by for a minute.
3: Did Wentworth know that you and Mantell are old friends?
4: I saw no reason to tell him, Johnny? Joe's very tiresome about things like that. You mean
3: he's jealous?
4: I wonder what happened to Gerald. Uh,
3: this trip he's taking to Europe, I gather he got the idea rather suddenly.
4: Gerald's very impulsive that way.
3: Yeah. Well, I'll be getting along, Eloise. Looks like the man I came here to meet isn't going to show.
4: I can't imagine what's keeping Joe. I'd say we've both been stood up, Johnny. Maybe
3: we should do something about it, Hmm? Well, as I told you right now, the only thing I have on my mind... I know. That diamond. A girl
4: could get tired of waiting, Johnny.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Eloise, I don't think you've ever waited very long for anything. See you later. I'll
4: count on it, Johnny.
3: Dollar? What? Oh, Wentworth. We were wondering what has happened to you. Mr. Dollar, I'm certain you're a very efficient investigator, but it seems to me that you've questioned Eloise all you need to. Oh? Uh-huh. Or have your conversations with her now reached the unofficial stage? Oh, now look, If that we're... is the case, and I suspect it is, I'd better remind you that Eloise. Maybe right... I'd better remind you of a couple of things, Wentworth. In the first place, you. Mr. Johnny Dollar. Yeah, over here, Wentworth.
2: Oh. Mr. Uh, Dollar, it's a note and a package for you, sir. The gentleman just left it with me. Did he give his name? Oh, no, sir, no. But he was a short man of stocky and he wore a gray suit.
3: Okay, and... thanks. Here you
2: go. Oh, thank you.
3: As I started to say, Hold Dollar... Hold you want with? We... Couldn't take a chance contacting you. Somebody was following me. Contents of the package will show you I know what I'm talking about. We'll contact you later. What's this all about, Dollar? It's from a man who phoned me a couple of hours ago. If it's what I think is, and this package... Yeah. Empty jewel case. Your name on it, Wentworth. What? That's the case I kept the Sibala diamond in. Yeah. See you later, Wentworth. Where are you going, Dollar? Back to my hotel room and wait to hear from her. I went outside and started for the corner to grab a cab. As I passed the alley, I spotted something sprawled on the ground. A body. It was Gerald
2: Mantell.
1: three of yours truly johnny dollar in a moment
2: the way a man conducts himself at ease or under stress shows what he's made of it shows his character under the strongest light this is particularly true when a man becomes a prisoner of war one of the points of the code of conduct of the american fighting man says if i become a prisoner of war i will keep faith with my fellow prisoners I will give no information nor take part in any action which might be harmful to my comrades. If I am senior, I will take command. If not, I will obey the lawful orders of those appointed over me and will back them up in every way. The very essence of the ideals set forth in those words were displayed by Commander, later Rear Admiral, Richard Antrim in April 1942 while a prisoner of war in Macassar, Dutch East Indies, during World War II. Acting instantly on behalf of a naval officer who was subjected to heavy punishment, Commander Antrim boldly tried to quiet the guard and persuade him to discuss the charges against the officer. The guard refused. Tension increased. The entire enemy prison force was faced by 2,700 allied prisoners. An order was given to continue the punishment. Suddenly, Commander Antrim, at the risk of his own life, stepped forward and volunteered to take the remainder of the punishment. This sudden move got a roar of acclaim from the inspired Allied troops and so amazed the enemy that both men were spared any further indignities or punishment. Commander Antrim's heroic and unselfish conduct brought about better conditions for the prisoners and earned new respect for American officers and men. Commander Richard Antrim upheld the highest ideals of an officer and earned for himself the Medal of Honor.
1: And now, Act Three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Rolling Stone Matter. Come on, Mantel.
3: Mantel. Mantell, <laughs> come out of it! Come on, come on. My head. Here, I'll help you. All
6: right,
2: now.
3: Uh,
2: are you okay? I yes. so, well, Who did it? I, I don't know, Dollar. The head waiter told me a taxi driver wanted to see me outside. I came out, but there was no cab in sight. I thought he might be at the corner, so I started walking. Past the alley here? Yes. Mr. Dollar, why would anyone want to beat me up? I can think of one possibility, Mantell.
3: Yes? You wanted the Cibala diamond pretty badly, but Wentworth wouldn't sell at your price. Are you suggesting... I'm suggesting you lifted the diamond and somebody was trying to get it back from you just now. But... I don't have the diamond.
2: I never did. Maybe you know where it is. No, I swear I don't. As for getting beaten up just now. I'm every bit as much in the dark as you are.
3: I didn't know whether he was telling the truth or not, but I had no proof he was lying. I would him five a dollar, even a pot of coffee in my hotel room when I tried to pull some threads together, but they didn't pull. If Mantell had the stone... Who phoned me? Sent the empty jewel case to convince me he had information. How did he fit? Yeah, coming. Ah, oh, Wentworth. Come in. Here. Mr. Dollar, I I have some information that will interest you. Yeah? Yes, sir, first, though, I, I owe you an apology for, well, flying off the handle when I saw you with Eloise at Antonio's. Okay, facility. okay. So you touchy about Eloise. Now, what's the information? Well, just a few minutes ago, a man telephoned me at my apartment. Huh? Yet I I think he was the same one who phoned you and sent the empty jewel case. What'd he say? That he knew where the diamond was, and for a price would furnish the information. Ah. Now, I wonder why he suddenly switched negotiations from me to you. Well, perhaps he thought it too dangerous to continue with you. Yeah, maybe. Speaking of danger, I wish I could locate this character before something happens to him. That's the point, Mr. Dollar. I think I know where he is. How? Well, he must have placed his call to me through a switchboard. Because I heard an operator in the background saying Hotel Macefield. Hotel Macefield. Uh, Thanks for the lead, Wentworth. I'll check with you later. (laughs) I headed for the Macefield and described the man I was looking for to the desk clerk. The clerk said his name was Krause, that he'd checked out that morning. This I didn't get because he'd called Wentworth from the hotel shortly before. I had the clerk let me into Krause's room, hoping I could find some lead on where he'd gone. I did. A scratch pad with the imprint of a pencil still visible. A phone number and a name, Cathcart Hotel. I headed there fast and was referred to room 413. What? Hello, Krause. Uh, there must be a mistake. My name is Colin. Don't give me that. Your name's Kraus, and you're the guy who phoned me and said he had information about that diamond. Oh, no, no, no. That's wrong. Oh, come on. Let's quit playing games. When you called Wentworth a while ago, he found out the name of the hotel. It's
0: a lie. I haven't talked to him since...
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Wentworth lied about that phone call. Why? Because he hoped I'd find you for him. But you had talked to him earlier. Yeah, the theft of that diamond was rigged between you and Wentworth, wasn't it? And you slugged him to make it look legitimate. Well? Yeah. Yeah. But now you're hiding from Wentworth. Why? What happened to your cozy little partnership? It was blackmail, Dollar. Uh. Wentworth. Don't move, either of you. Well, Wentworth, it looks as though I figured you right. You thought I might have better luck finding Krause than you had, so you gave me his last known address and followed me. Now, what's this about blackmail? I thought I could trust you, Krause.
7: Look, uh, I wasn't
0: really going to blackmail you. you got to believe that.
3: I think I get it now.
0: Krause was supposed to turn
3: the stone over to you after a decent time had elapsed. Instead, he held on to it and tried to blackmail you... about your being involved in the fake robbery. That's why he pretended to open negotiations with me... to scare you into buying. Yes. But you made a big mistake, Krause... trying to blackmail a desperate man. I had no money to pay you. I needed every cent from the insurance... and from what we'd get for the stone when it was cut and sold. Why, Wentworth? Why'd you need the money? For Eloise? For Eloise. Does she know about all this?
2: No, no, she knows nothing about this... But she. She wants so many things. And I want to give them to her. I. I've got to. I've got to to hold on to her. Brother.
3: Oh, you wouldn't understand. You don't know what it's like when a girl like that gets into your blood. You're willing to. to do anything. Like a couple of murders went with? You willing to add them to your list, too? Yes. Yes, I am. Oh, now look, put that thing down. Why don't you stop kidding yourself about Eloise? She loves me, Dollar. I tell you, she loves me. Are you kidding? She told me what she loves. Mink and money. How long do you think she'd stick with you after the money ran out? Get back. Stay where you are. You're a thief and a fool, Wentworth. But you're not a killer. Stay away. So you just better give me that gun right now. <laughs>
1: Thanks.
2: Oh, uh, you're, you're right about Eloise. I guess I always knew it, but I just I just couldn't face it. You just did. And you were right about me, Dollar. I'm no killer.
3: You want to know something, Wentworth? I wasn't sure about that at all.
0: Expense account total, including the trip home,
3: $146 even. Remarks? Krauss handed over the diamond. He and Wentworth are both in custody. It was Wentworth who beat up Mantell for hanging around Eloise. And Eloise, last I heard, she was going her merry way, having fun,
2: as she calls it.
3: I never did accept her invitation to join her after the diamond had been recovered, and I'm not about to. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
1: star will return in just a moment.
5: Our flag now numbers 50 stars and behind each star there stands yet another flag representing one of the 50 states. The origin of Hawaii state flag has been the subject of much debate. It is now believed that it was the work of foreign advisors to King Kamehameha. Legend also has it that it was designed at the request of King Kamehameha by George Beckley, an English sea captain. The flag consists of eight horizontal and alternating stripes of white, red, and blue, representing the eight major islands in the chain. Also represented is the British Union Jack, a reminder of Captain Vancouver, who on his voyage around the world in 1794 gave King Kamehameha a British flag and the promise of British protection. The Union Jack is also a reminder of Captain James Cook, Who discovered the Hawaiian Islands in 1778? Hawaii state flag, the flag of the 50th state to enter the Union, was adopted in 1845.
1: Now, here's our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week. Well, the title of the yarn is The Ghost to Ghost Matter, and the
3: story lives up to it. So join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
1: starring Bob Bailey, originates in Hollywood and is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Today's story was written by Robert Stanley. Heard in our cast were Virginia Gregg, Larry Dobkin, Forrest Lewis, Edgar Barrier, and Don Diamond. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is Dan Coverley speaking.
2: States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. <laughs>
0: The
3: time now for Johnny Dollar hi Johnny uh, this is Art Price international press service oh holy smoke Art what are you doing up at this hour of the morning I'm on the night desk and I'm sorry to have to wake you up so am I listen I just got a call a real frantic one from a guy who insisted on having your phone number well did you give it to him he said he's an insurance man, that it was about some insurance matter. So, yes, I did. Well, why'd he call you? Yeah, that puzzles me, too. But he was so excited, so, well, so frantic. Well, he probably called the first person he could think of. And he said it was a big emergency. Oh, did he give you any details? No. And, Johnny, it's aroused my curiosity. Uh, let me know what it's all about, will you? Yeah, sure, sir. Sure. Promise? <sighs> okay, I promise. <laughs> Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, the State Unity Life Insurance Company, Home Office, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the ghost to ghost matter. I'd no sooner rolled over in the hope of getting back to sleep when the phone beside my bed started jangling again. Oh, nuts. Johnny Dollar. Oh, uh, this is Oscar H. Trimley, Mr. Dollar. Trimley? I represent State Unity Live here in Lake City, New Jersey. Oh, look, are you the man who called Art Price over at International Press Service? Yes, yes, I did to uh, get your phone number. I and you knew he'd have it. You're being such a famous investigator and all that. Yeah, well, you could also have got it from Universal Adjustment Bureau, your insurance directory, the long-distance operator. Oh, dear, I, I guess I've been so upset over this whole thing that it never occurred to me. But uh, can you come down here to Lake City, Mr. Dollar, right away? Well, it depends. What's this all about? Ian McAndrews.
5: Who's Ian McAndrews? Oh,
3: don't you know, he's the man who founded Lake City. So what's happened to him? Uh, He's dead, Mr. Dollar, or rather, he isn't. uh, Huh? Well, that is to say, he he died, Mr. Dollar, about uh, five years ago. And? Well, uh, in due time, of course, we paid off the claim on his life insurance policy, $55,000. Everything in order and perfectly all right. Well, then. But now... Oh, oh no, Mr. Dollar. You you just won't believe it unless you come here and see for yourself. Oh, won't believe what? Ian McAndrews has come back. Huh? Either he or his, his ghost has come back here. Oh, now, wait a minute. No, no, it's true. It's absolutely true, sir. Ian McAndrews is haunting Lake City. So please come as quickly as you can. I, uh... I'll think about it. Oh, dear. Is that the best answer you can give me? Yeah, I'm afraid so until I see how things line up for me these next couple of days. Goodbye, Mr. Trimley. Think about it. I can hardly wait to grab a train. But I didn't want Oscar Trimley to know that. Because I had a strong suspicion that if you can catch a ghost off guard, you'll be one up on him. Expense account item one, the promised phone call to Art Price in International Press. Are you kidding, Johnny? No, I'm deadly serious, Art. But a ghost in the little New Jersey. Yeah, yep, I'll keep in touch. Then I remembered Nancy. Nancy Turner, an old flame, or rather, a young old flame. She'd said something one time about taking up investigation of the supernatural. So, expense account item two, another dime for another call.
6: Johnny, you haven't called me in ages.
3: Well, you know how it is. Uh, look, Nancy, did you ever go ahead with your study of psychic investigation? Psychic? Oh, no, Johnny. I found I'd have to read a couple of hundred musty old books, so I gave it up. Oh, well, that's too bad. Oh, why? Well, I've i got to run over to Jersey to investigate a haunted town. A
6: haunted town? How thrilling!
3: Except that such a thing is impossible.
6: Oh, it is!
3: Sure, but I'd, I'd kind of thought that maybe you were still... Well, I guess we better forget it.
6: Forget it. Nothing. I'm going with you. Oh, no,
3: no, wait. No I... No
6: excuses. I'll put on my face and another dress and be waiting by the time you can get here. Yeah, but look, honey, I... Uh, Johnny.
3: Okay, Nancy, I'll pick you up. <laughs> Item 3, 1085, taxi and train for two to New York. Item 4, 50 bucks, deposit on a rental car when we got into Grand Central Station. We crossed over into Jersey and hit Route 22 for Somerville and Points West. And every mile of the way, Nancy chattered away like a magpie. She kept quoting some of the stuff she had read on the subject. A lot of authorities who decided that some of the reports on haunted towns and and houses and people, things like that, had decided there was something really supernatural about them. And you know, after a while, I began to wonder. Yep, I began to wonder.
9: Two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment.
8: And now for another episode in the life of Sergeant Donald Bellwether, my husband.
6: Donald! Donald! I'm out here on the back porch, honey.
8: Oh, there you are. Honey, why on earth did you choose a time like this to clean your hunting
6: rifle? We're due at the Jamesons at seven. I'm ready, honey. All I have to do is wash my hands. I'll finish this tomorrow. Uh, Be with you in the jiffy.
8: Donald, come back here. I know what's
6: the matter, Reba.
8: Are you going to leave this hunting rifle right out here in plain sight? Nobody's going to
6: bother it. The kids are asleep and we'll be gone. I don't think our babysitter will bother anything. She's got her homework to do.
8: Those are famous last words if I ever heard them. Donald, don't you realize that accidental death by firearms ranks second only to deaths from fall, fire, and poison?
6: but the kids are in bed. Well, sure they
8: are. But what if our six-year-old Marshall Dillon should wander out to the kitchen for a drink of water? You know, he'd love to play with his gun.
6: Yeah, I suppose
8: so. Well, please put it away under lock and key. Yes,
6: dear, yes, right away. And
8: for heaven's sakes, take those shells, too. You know, many accidents happen when bullets are thrown into a fire or hit with a hammer. Things are dangerous. You ought to know that.
6: I know, honey. I I guess I just wasn't thinking. The
8: unloaded gun and ammunition lying around the house is even more dangerous than itchy-fingered hunters. Statistics prove that.
6: Okay, there. Everything is safe under lock and key. Now, you still angry with me? Oh,
8: Donald, I don't want to sound like a nagging wife, but...
6: My dear, you have every right to reprimand me. Me, a non-commissioned officer. I should know better. But that's the way it goes. We, We forget. That's why there are accidents in the field, out hunting, and in the home. We all know better. We just forget or get careless with firearms. Well, come on along. Let's get over to the jams. Okay, dear. Now, this won't happen again, believe me. You know, I wouldn't have started to clean that rifle if you hadn't taken so long to get dressed.
3: But you sure did a good job. Oh, you look beautiful.
4: That's
8: my Donald. That's my (laughs) doll.
9: And now, act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Ghost to Ghost Matter.
3: Lake City, nestled in among the soft, rolling north Jersey hills. But it kind of has been town. I saw the reason for that in the abandoned mill, the old McAndrews Cotton Mill at one side of the lake. The same old story, I guess, when a town's main industry closes down, it kind of goes to pot. Nonetheless, it was a charming little place. Population... Oh, maybe four or five hundred. When we finally located Oscar Trimley's insurance office, we found a bit of a gathering there. And Mr. Dollar, that is Miss Turner and Mr. Dollar, this is Charlie Reed. Hi, and Foster. You? And Tony Gray. Uh, we're Tony. sort of a local businessmen's club, Johnny, you know. Okay, then let's get to the point. Oh, uh, sit down, sit down. Mm-hmm.
6: Thank right.
3: you. Uh, Johnny, uh, I thought over the phone that you were turning us down. Well, I I changed my mind. And uh, when I thought of Nancy and her knowledge of the supernatural... Good. That's what we need. Yes, you're
4: right. Well, I am interested in the subject.
3: We're all a little worried about it. Tony isn't kidding.
9: I think we're a pretty level-headed bunch. But, well, this thing has us scared.
3: That's putting it mildly. If it really is his ghost that's plaguing us... Oh, now, you don't seriously believe in ghosts. I'll tell you this. I never did before, but now, well... Wait and you'll see. Gee, Johnny. Well, suppose you tell me what's going on. Well... No, uh, no, 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 Johnny. You'll have to see for yourself. And here. Yes, Charlie, and here. And that means waiting until midnight. Midnight? Sure, Mr. Dollar. Well, just why, Bill? You'll see. Yes, in the meantime, you can look around... Say, aren't you quite a fisherman, Johnny? I'd rather fish than eat, but now look, oh, if you... Oh, I love to fish, too. Oh, the lake's full of nice bass. Charlie, you can fix them up with a boat, can't you? You sure can. Yes, but if I'm going to investigate... Tony, you arrange for a place for Miss Turner to stay overnight. Be glad to. Well, now... And Johnny, you'll stay at my home, all right? Fine, but now at least oh, tell me... Oh, no, I want you to see for yourself at midnight. Now, meantime, good fishing. Right. Uh, I've got to get back to the shop before Mrs. Bixley starts screaming about her high
9: pipe. See you later. Here, yeah, and I'll come back to the office and arrange somewhere for Miss Turner to stay.
3: <laughs> See you later.
6: See you, Tony. Now, if you folks will come over to the print shop with me, we'll pick up the keys to my
3: boat and some tackle, and you can be on your way. Look, can't you at least give me some idea? Nope. Nope. Not a thing until midnight. Oh, and we'll all have dinner together at the hotel. Uh, Mr. Trembley, well, You ready, uh, Mr. Turner? Johnny? <laughs> you fellas are the boss, I guess. Fishing, Nancy? I'd love it. I'll even give you some of the fast strike hooks I use. Okay, then, let's go. <laughs> there was something slightly screwy about the whole thing. And I don't mean just the talk of a ghost. But when I go fishing, and at company expense, well, who's to complain? So Nancy and I spent the rest of the day on the lake. Matter of fact, she caught the big one. By dinnertime, we were starved, and the little hotel served us not only excellent cocktails, but a regular banquet, complete with champagne. You enjoying it, Miss Turner? Mmm,
4: I love it. Only why don't you call me Nancy?
3: Sure, why not? Charlie, I'll tell your wife. Now, Tony, you stay out of this. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Trimley, about uh, this ghost this business. This champagne, you know, comes from the old Leland Stanford Vineyard. Oh, yes, and it's fine. Uh, finest I know. But it's time we talk about your ghost. <laughs> Say, you land any big ones out on the lake? <laughs> uh, yeah, Bill, Nancy got a four-pounder. But now, listen, will you... Another thing about this fine California wine... Say, didn't wine? I see you navigating the boat, Nancy? Uh, listen, will you, please? Bill, got one last year, weighed six <laughs> and a half. Look, <laughs> fellas, <laughs> fellas, caught yeah. got yeah. it over near so so like the old... Ah, Hey, fellas. Look, please, will you tell me a little bit about. All I want to know is. So, I got nowhere. But then, finally, after a lot more food and wine and chatter, we drove off in Tony's car. Now,
9: I'm stopping here in the middle of town, Johnny, because it's the best place to be when things start popping.
3: Like what? Hey, when are you fellas going to stop this runaround and start making sense? You'll see. You'll see.
4: I'm all excited.
3: Look, Johnny. Yeah, Charlie? You see the old tower clock? Almost midnight. So what about that? Old McAndrews passed away at the stroke of midnight, Johnny. Personally, I think that has something to do with this. You still haven't told me with what? Uh, Wait. Listen. There goes the tower clock.
4: Oh, midnight.
3: Count them, Johnny. That was four, five... And Johnny... See how all the lights are flickering along the streets? That happens every night? And no reason for it.
8: Look, bats!
3: Huh?
8: Millions of bats coming out of that clock tower!
3: Yeah. Yeah, I see them. But I don't... What under the sun is that? That's the ghost, wailing. Oh, now, wait a that minute. The scream fills the air, comes from everywhere.
6: Oh, it's a horrible sound. Johnny. Easy, honey. No, listen. Didn't you hear? That clock struck 13. Yes, Johnny.
8: Why, yes.
6: You asked me, the devil's in old McAndrew's
3: ghost. That's why it comes out of his house every night. Out of his house? Right, Johnny. And wait till you see what's there. Right.
9: of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment.
7: Do you know who said, they that can give up essential liberty to obtain a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety? Those words were written by Benjamin Franklin in the year 1759. Even before the United States of America had come into being, Franklin realized that the path toward freedom was a difficult one. He knew that there would be many people who would prefer easier paths to the difficult one that led toward freedom. These people, he felt, did not deserve to enjoy freedom. Just as there were in Ben Franklin's time, there are people today who would choose what looks like the safe and easy way to protect American freedom. They would be willing to sacrifice some of their liberties in order to be comfortable. But the surrender of a little freedom soon leads to the surrender of all freedom. Liberty can be protected only by constant vigilance and the willingness to fight to protect it if necessary. Remember the words of Benjamin Franklin. They are part of your American heritage. Temporary safety must never be purchased at the price of liberty.
9: And now, Act Three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Ghost to Ghost Matter. <laughs>
3: the front door of this old house always left wide open yeah johnny sure you want to go in sure come along nancy
4: i uh, i'm coming oh there was more light around oh
3: <gasps> well that's nice slammed right in our faces i knew it unlocked though let me have that flashlight tony here here hmm no sign of wires or strings on it come on oh uh, okay come on fellas now, Johnny, yeah, well. as you can see, there's just one big room downstairs here. <gasps> Johnny. Easy, Nancy, easy. Don't you see Look, that? Look, I admit this is all pretty strange. but a ghost. Well, what else? We've been over this
2: house with a fine-tooth comb. Hey, listen. You hear that?
4: Somebody's... Somebody's walking on the ceiling.
2: Uh, listen.
3: Oh. Yeah, I. They... That's the kind of stuff you hear. guys, noisy spirits. You can hear them, but you can't see them. Don't you see, Johnny? It can't be anything
2: normal or natural. Is that the end? No, sir. The, the old ghost has a regular... Uh, see? Hear
3: those shutters banging? There's no wind out there.
4: Why? Why
8: didn't you tell me it'd be like this, Johnny? Let's...
3: Look. Here. Lights moving around somewhere outside. You can see the reflection in the trees.
4: But they're green. Ghost lights. Oh! Oh. Johnny, look.
8: That's a rocking chair. It's rocking.
2: In front of the window, where old McAndrews used to sit and look out on the town before he died.
3: Give me the flashlight. Here. There's No strings or wires on this, either. Well, well, that's the end of it. The same crazy routine every night. It's the ghost of Ian McAndrews. That's all there is to it. Well, from what you fellas have shown me tonight, it kind of looks that way. It
8: is, Johnny. But
3: tomorrow, I want to investigate these things in broad daylight. I investigated all right. The old house, the clock tower, everything I could find. And thanks to the help of the boys, we covered a lot of ground. Result? Nothing. Meantime, I noticed that the town, the sleepy little town of Lake City, was being mobbed. People from all over, streets jammed with cars. And as we sat down at lunch in the hotel. Uh, miss, uh, waitress, will you please bring me another cup? Oh, dear, she didn't hear me. Where'd they all come from? Yeah, business has certainly picked up around here. Well, yes, I noticed that. Any idea why, Bill? Uh, Not the least. No wonder Tony couldn't be with us for lunch. And Charlie's at his print shop getting out an extra. Hey, uh, excuse me, excuse me. Aren't you Johnny Dollar, the investigator? Yeah, that's right. Man, can I use you. Now, just let me get a picture. Well, now, wait. Oh, hey, hold you it, it, hold it, hold it. Okay, Johnny. Thanks, thanks a lot. Hey, that photographer's from one of the New York papers. No kidding. Oh, really? Listen, if Art Price at International Press gave out the word about this ghost story... Oh, now, Johnny... Hmm... Okay, Nancy, you all finished? Uh-huh. Then, Oscar, Bill, we're gonna leave the check with you and pull out. Uh, you mean, leave town? Yep, going back to Hartford. Yeah, Johnny... I've investigated, I've come up with nothing. So there's no point in staying around any longer. Oh,
8: oh John. Johnny. Thanks
3: a lot, fellas. And, Oscar, I'll send you my expense account. Come on, Nancy. Give up? Hardly. Sure, Nancy and I hit the highway, but for only a few miles. Then, shortly after dark, we drove back. And for a couple of hours... For three or four hours. Well, anyhow, shortly before midnight, Nancy and I walk quietly up on the porch of Oscar Trimley's insurance minute. office.
9: You mean you didn't leave a message at my office to be here tonight? I certainly didn't. I found a message from Charlie. Are you kidding? Somebody left a message at my print shop to be here. And I got one at my radio shop.
6: Well,
3: I'll be darned. Good down. Girl, Nancy. I... Now, <laughs> I want... And of course, they couldn't know your handwriting.
6: Hey, wait a minute.
3: There's somebody outside. Huh? Johnny. Huh? Uh, what? Good evening, gentlemen. Why, I thought you'd left oh, town, yes. Johnny. What are you doing How? back yeah, here? Yeah, that's right. I wanted you to think so. Well, listen. The old tower clock has started to strike midnight. Oh, yeah, that's five, six. Boys, I suddenly realized that in all my investigation this morning, I was being handicapped by what I thought was help. Well,
5: handicapped. What do you mean, Yeah, what's yeah. that?
3: I had too much help. Two or three of you were with me every second. Well, we wanted to be sure you wouldn't overlook it. That's right. You wanted to be sure I would overlook a few things. Huh? Hey, now, wait. That's 11, 12. Well, hey, it only struck 12. Yeah, yeah that's right. right. No, uh, ghostly whale tonight, is there? Oh, I know. No, fellas, no. Because the ghost is no more. You, uh, found the ghost, Johnny? I found out that he's one of you. Maybe all of you. you
9: you you?
3: Alone, without your careful guidance, I finally located that sub-cellar in the old McAndrews house. You did? And that mess of complicated electrical stuff that was making the weird sound effects, the rocking chair, the banging shutters, and so on. Very clever. Your handiwork, Bill? Sure. Sure. Uh, uh, But, uh, but, Johnny, Oh, fellas, it was a wonderful publicity stunt especially after international press was notified. But but you did that. Not only for your radio and electronics shop, Bill, for your real estate business, Tony, your print shop and newspaper, Charlie, and your insurance business, Oscar. Well, now, Johnny, But for the whole town, it's gonna put Lake City on the map again. Which is to say, the motive wasn't entirely selfish. Uh, No, of course it wasn't. Okay, okay, man. And because of that, and that alone, I won't give you away, provided the ghost of Ian McAndrews Never walks the streets of Lake City again. Well, well you, you can be you. sure oh, of I that, Johnny. Do I don't know. I suppose I ought to really hit you over the head with this expense account, but uh, after all, the cause was a kind of worthy one. So I'll be honest with it for a change. And it uh, was fun to have Nancy Turner along. Expense account total, including mileage on the rental car, less deposit, thirty-one fifty. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.